Uh, am I liable for my husband's debt? We are getting divorced. That will depend if it's a matrimonial debt, okay? So if it is a matrimonial debt, um, then you're both going to be equally responsible for that. And what do I mean by a matrimonial debt? That means that even though it's in one person's name, if it was used to benefit both of you, such as a holiday, maybe some house renovations, you're both going to be liable for that, okay? So that's a matrimonial debt. A mad nicer. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I go to bed really early, so no, I don't stay up, even though it looks like we party. I, that's literally, I'm just building up for Christmas. Um, the boys tend to drink more of it than me and Bren, if I'm honest. Um, it's all right, for those of you in the Discord, uh, there's people just asking about my drinks cabinet, which is sort of in the background behind me. Do I do family law? Yes, I do. That's all I do. So I know some of you have some wills and probate questions, but all I do, hi Missy, all I do is um, family law, nothing, nothing other than that. So just divorces and custody matters, some injunctions, some non-molestations and some occupations orders. Um, hello, am I a barrister? Not anymore. I used to be. When I first qualified, I was a barrister. Um, still practice family law. And then I made the switch um, just for family reasons, really. It was just easier to be a solicitor when the kids were little. Um, so, yeah, but I used to be a barrister. But you, you can't be both at the same time. So, yeah, I know I'm just a solicitor. Can you block a parent from being emotionally abusive to the kids? You can, absolutely. You know, if somebody is being emotionally abusive to children, then you, you as another parent, particularly with parental responsibility, need to do something to protect those children. Um, and I would suggest that you, you know, ultimately you do whatever it takes. Um, so if you say block them by blocking the telephone contact, then yes, do that. Um, perhaps you might not want to allow contact to take place. Uh, can a 13 year old make own choice to see dad? Look, at 13, their wishes and feelings will be listened to definitely by Kafka. So absolutely, you know, if they don't wish to see them, we might want to find out why, what's gone on there. Um, and if they do want to see them, then yeah, absolutely, their views will be listened to. Right, new run. Hi. There we go. Hi, sorry about all Hi. of that. What's your question? So I am um, currently um, responding to a contact order from my ex-husband mm -hmm. and um, I have my hearing in four weeks and I'm going for no contact um, Kafkas are supporting that because there was DV in the marriage yeah. and my ex-husband unfortunately divulged all of those details to my son uh, a year and a half ago when he was just nine years old Yeah. so my son is 11 now and he's saying like I really don't want to see my dad I didn't need to know all those things that he let me know and He's really, really traumatized from what dad has told him. Um, I think I'm going to get the no contact. I just wanted your advice as to if I should leave the door open a little bit for him in terms of contact, it may be like indirect contact. Um, but I am really, it just really hurts my heart to, to cut the cord completely. Yeah, so what I would say to that is, I mean, obviously, I don't know your case, I don't know your family, I don't know, yeah. you know, all of the the allegations there. But so all I can do really is give you some guidance by telling you what the law is. And what the law says is that a child has a right to have a relationship with both parents, okay? So I think the answer to that would be yes, as long as you have no safeguarding concerns, They're then... Wrong. Okay, well, um, then you would want to allow contact to take place that's appropriate. 
So, you know, as you say, that might be via FaceTime. It might just be some indirect cards and gifts and presents backwards and forwards. Um, but yes, I think it's important, isn't it? Because this might be a temporary blip with dad um, and he might no, be able... No, second time. We're, we're, we're going, this is the second time I'm going now. Okay, but what I mean is Dad might be able to remedy it over the over the forthcoming years and then you want to be able to kind of pick up there and, and, the, and the father not be a stranger. So that's just generic guidance really because obviously I don't know enough about your case but do, do what you can is what I would say in terms of keeping that door open. Okay, brilliant. Okay, All thank right. You so much. Okay, thank thanks. Bye-bye. Um, KK, you are next up. Whenever you're ready, what's your question? Can you hear me? I can, yes. Thanks, KK. Ah, okay. Right. Uh, I spoke to you a few days ago about yep. uh, my ex and her not involving me in the uh, sale of the house or actually informing me about estate agents visiting. Yeah. Um, I've since found out, because I contacted the estate agents that were going to go around, that she is now doing whatever she can to um, delay the sale of the house. Um, one of the estate agents called me today and said, um, yeah, she's basically put the house in a state where it it probably won't sell because of the state that it's in now. Yeah. Um, it, what, uh, what is my legal stand now? What can I do? Because clearly I want the house to be sold and she's doing whatever she can to kind of delay or stop that happening. So you you are a joint owner of that property? Um, it's a, it's in my name only. Oh, okay, yeah. Then you would, well, you're you're able to place the property on the market for sale, um, and of course, if she wishes to block, has she got a HR one registered there? She has. Yeah. yeah we went okay. Through the uh, financial order, so she's got the she's put an HR one on the actual house. Okay, and when you say you've gone through the financial order, have you actually got the final order? We have got the final order. Yeah, we've got okay. joint conduct of sale. Yeah. Um, which um, it does state on there that um, she can't really prohibit the you know, sale of the house, but it doesn't say for how long that this can go on. Yeah, well, it, it shouldn't be going on. That That's why it won't give a time limit, you know, it, because right. e effectively that would be the court saying you can breach it for three months only and after that we won't accept it anymore. So no breaches are allowed, all right? It's just non-negotiable. Um, if she's breaching right. the order, your only remedy is to take it back to court uh, which is right, an okay. absolute pain is she living in the property apologies if you told that she, to me yeah she's yeah. at the property so when i'm still paying for the mortgage because yeah. she doesn't work so the mortgage is in my name only which is why i'm having to pay the mortgage so what you need to do is two things one enforce the order and two as you're going back to court anyway you need to get what we call an occupation order which will have her removed from the property uh, right she's already got an occupation order on the house well, I think the breach is going to have the court reconsider that. I mean, ultimately, if the court have made an order that the house is to be sold, they're satisfied that she will then be able to find um, different accommodation, you know, an alternative place to live. So yeah. the fact that she's stopping that from proceeding, she's now flying in the face of what the court have ordered, you need to enforce that. And then I would be saying to the court, look, while we're here, can we now give her, um, you know, notice to leave because she's going to have to go somewhere for the house to be sold? Yeah, because that was one of the conditions that I actually agreed to. I said, OK, well, you can have a higher percentage if the sale of the house goes through, you know, without a hitch. Yeah. Yeah. Which clearly she is now 
going against. Well, yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, she wants to stay in the property, she wants to wind you up, I don't know, but equally, you're going to have to I remedy that. Latin, to yeah. <laughs> yeah, it usually is. It usually is yeah. in, in family law. But yeah, take it back and enforce it, okay? Brilliant. Thank right. you very much. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Jaffa, let me see if you can ask a question. Hello, can you hear me Hello, now? I can. Sorry about earlier. How can I help? That's right. No problem. Thank you very much. Um, I got a court order in a financial order yep. in October last year. Um, the other side has failed to meet the deadlines um, and requested an extension um, back in September this year. Yeah. I'm I currently... Um, sort of negotiating a, a, that agreement to the extension. Um, but since October last year, the solicitor that, that took me through the process has left the SRA. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, what I understand is that I have to now represent myself. Is, is, is that correct? And I'm well, whether you... you... Sorry. I was just going to say, you, you can do that, or alternatively, you can just find another solicitor. Right, I, I was going to say, I, I wondered whether finding another solicitor would be better because I don't believe that the um, the extension till March is going to be enough. Um, I don't think she'll get everything done that she needed to. Yeah. Um, and so I think I'm going to be in the same position in March as, as well. So I, I, I think that probably answers my question. I, I probably need to look for somebody else to, uh, yeah. to assist. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, give them as much notice as you possibly can. Um, so that they yeah. can get their head around it rather than sort of, you know, approaching them the week before when you when you possibly need the help. Um, but yeah, that no, I, I, I would yeah, suggest... I need, I need the thing for the verification of the order as well. So uh, right. it would be someone to, to deal with all of it. But yeah. okay, no, yeah. that's fantastic. I appreciate your, uh, your time. All right, no problem. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Cheers. Bye for now. Bye. Um, Jack, you are next up. Let's see if we can hear you. Hiya. Hello, Jack. Sorry about before. Hi. What's your question? Hi. Um, so it's really sort of in relation to my partner. Yeah. Um, we've been together for two years now, um, and I've had a concern that the um, the he's got two children. I've been concerned about emotional and mental abuse from the mother towards the children. I'm um, just hearing that she's been calling them really explicit names out in public, just how she speaks to them and treats them. Um, the weekend just gone. It's all come to a head um, where we all got together. Um, with the children had a great time and they've gone home and told their mum and now all of a sudden she's saying that I'm not allowed to be around the children and it's just making up stories that haven't happened but now it's, it's been quite manipulative towards the children and all of a sudden the children's views have just completely changed from not the weekend. Um, I've told him that he needs to report the emotional um, mental abuse yeah. but we're just wondering where he stands now because all of a sudden she's stopping the Christmas contact She's posting videos on social media that are really inappropriate. Um, and we just kind of want to know where we can go from here. So just remind me, Jack, did you say that there was a court order in place or not? No. So they have been through solicitors and they've got a letter, a great, uh, letter agreement through the solicitors. Okay. But that's it. Okay. So my suggestion is definitely going to be get a court order in place. Now, Sadly, you're not going to be able to get the Christmas contact ordered prior to Christmas because it's just too soon. Generally, it takes us about three months and we have to wait three months before we can get a hearing date. Um, but that's essentially what needs to happen. We need to get a court order in place. It's, it's a child arrangements order. 
which will set down exactly what contact the children are going to have. Um, and you do you get that by filling out the C100 form and filing that with the court. And the cost of that, the court fee, is £232. All right. Now, the other thing to tell you, Jack, is that you will file that application with the court nearest to where the children live. So not to where you live, okay? And the reason for that is because CAFCAS may get involved, so we need the CAFCAS to be close to the court, to be close to the children, if that makes sense. So make sure, because if you file it with the wrong court, um, ultimately the wrong court will send it to the right court and that's just going to delay even further. Okay. Would you, could I just ask that in terms of the, the sort of manipulation, emotional abuse, yeah. do, would we wait for that to go through court to then talk about that or is that something that um, so there's there's i mean there's a few things you can do obviously it's hard for me to say report it because i don't know the content of of what's being you know what you describe as inappropriate i'm sure it is inappropriate um if if that's how you feel um but you could potentially try a stern letter from a solicitor i don't know how the other side would feel about receiving that i.e are they afraid of authorities is ultimately what i'm what i'm asking um you could perhaps try mediation if you think that that may bring about a speedier resolve um but yes you know if if none of that works and reporting it to the police doesn't work because the police may turn around and say look it's a civil matter again it's hard for me to comment because i don't know the detail of the messages, then yes, it will have to be court that will investigate. Okay, All right. thank you. All right, you're welcome. Good luck, Jack. Bye. Thank you. Ask, oh, that was it. So somebody said, how do we get to ask a question? I always like to, to bob in and just let you guys know. Go onto the App Store, download the Discord app, D-I-S-C-O-R-D, Discord. Set yourself up a profile. Come back to Legal Queen's TikTok click on the link in the um, my profile and then you'll it'll take you to the legal queen discord go into the lounge put your hand up ask me a question okay um, right next caller is Sean hi can you hear me I can yes what's your question perfect so it's really on how can you start the process of contact uh, where somebody hasn't been in the child's life for a, a long time. How can you start that informally in the best way um, so that if it does ever go to court, if you've kind of done everything in the right way? Okay. First. So just a couple of questions, Sean. How old is the child involved, first of all? Eight. And how long since they've seen the other parent? It's been, um, well, it's been a, a year since a couple of contacts but really four years four years okay um how does is the eight-year-old does the, do they know about the other parent like do they recall yes. having seen them okay that's fine um generally if the matter were to be before a court now they would most likely start with a little bit of FaceTime, maybe just a couple of times a week just to really sort of get talking about something so we can get a conversation going and then after a few weeks of that, and you'll be guided by the child um, to then start some 
direct contact if you feel that that's appropriate, but just for short periods of time, maybe an hour on a Saturday and do that every Saturday for three or four weeks and then maybe go to two hours. And it doesn't necessarily have to be unsupervised. You know, the again, depending on the history, Sean, but you could have that parent come to your home or the child's home so that the child still remains in a nice environment and feels comfortable. Um, so, but just small bite-sized uh, bite chunks, but frequently is generally how we how we kickstart it off. Okay, and then how long would you say for kind of unsupervised days away and weekends and things like that? So typically, then when we get to a fixed routine. Um, the other parent generally, and, and of course it's different for every family, but generally the other parents having alternate weekends and sharing the holidays. So, you know, maybe collecting okay. from school Friday, dropping back to school on Monday so they can get involved in the school pickups um, every other weekend. And then the parents will decide between themselves about holidays, but equally share them. Brilliant. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, right, next person is Lorna. Every time Paddy comes on, he gets more intention than I do. I think we should just sit Paddy down here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lorna, what's your question? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Lorna. Can okay? I can, yeah. What's your question? Um, right, I've just had a court date. Um, long story short, this is our first court date, but our second one in the process, if that makes sense, because the other one's got cancelled. Yeah. Um, and they've turned around and said, if I don't um, give my ex-husband an ex, like they've done a 55, 45% of the equity in the house. Yeah. They basically said to me, if I can't afford to pay him out, they will have to sell my home now. I've got a six-year-old. Okay. Can they force me to sell the house with her? Or is it just one of them things that I've got to do? When you say they, you're talking about the solicitors, Lorna? The court. Oh, so, yeah, so the court can force you out, absolutely. The court can, um, by way of a court order. I don't think they would, though, if I'm honest with you, not if you've got a six-year-old, because it's the housing needs of the child that will be priority. Um, I thought you were for referring to the threats maybe made by the other side solicitors, but they're not legally binding. But, yes, if... No, a... Go on. It's the court. The court said this morning... Well, about dinner time, they said that if I can't give him, um, we've had evaluations of the house and the yep. evaluation that they've had, they've gone through court for an evaluation. Yeah. Because they didn't like mine. And it's 20 grand more than what my evaluations have come out as. Okay. So they're expecting me to pay him nearly 20 grand. Yeah. So if the... off mortgage. Yeah. If... By March next year. So if the court have ordered that, Lorna, then there isn't too much you can do about it, unfortunately. You're going to have to be guided by that court order. Right, OK. So I've just right. got to see what I can do and... Um... Yeah. It, it might be worth negotiating to say, look, could I give you half now and half in two years' time? I would, I would negotiate okay. because the court have only given a percentage of what he's entitled to. Um, you can yeah. always negotiate... Oh, okay. And okay, see, so it's not see. Set in stone yet. Well, until... yeah. I mean, it's 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 difficult because obviously I haven't seen the order. I mean, if the order says forty five percent by you know the tenth of November, then yes, that is set in stone. If you can get the other party to agree to you giving you know half now and half in a couple of years time, then that's fine. If I were you, then I'd get the order amended. 
Um, especially, okay. if, especially if it was only made today. The ink won't be dry just yet. You've got a little bit of time. Yeah, they haven't done the paperwork. The other because I don't have a solicitor. They've yeah. got the other solicitor, the ex-husband solicitor. Yeah. A couple of days to write it up and send them what what they've agreed. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's but fine. Nothing that I've got until the end of March. Yeah. Well, what I would do then, Lorna, is start to negotiate tomorrow because at some point you'll get an order to approve, a draft order just to glance your eye over and approve before they send it into the court. So just be, if you can start negotiating, then it's not too late to actually amend that order now. That would be the easiest way to do it. Okay, so All right. just say to him, I can give half, half in, say, what, half in March and then half in a, in a, in a year or two when I can take... Yeah, well, I, yeah. I, I would probably be wording it slightly differently and say, you know, would would you be agreeable to accepting half now and half in, you know, whenever? Yeah. Okay, okay, that's lovely. Well, All right. Thank you very much for that. That kind of puts me a bit more at ease. Good. All right. Good luck. Thanks, Lorna. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Um, bouge, bouge, bougie donuts. You're next up. What's your question? Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, so I have a question about contact. Yeah. Um, so me and my ex, we share three children. Yeah. Um, and for the last two years, we've been having them every other weekend. Yeah. Um, he just recently moved three hours away. Um, yeah. And he he's insisting that um, I should be the one to do the pickups um, on a Sunday night. Um, and... I'm not in a position where I can afford to do that every time. Um, and his view is that I, I have to if he, if I want him to see the kids. Um, so I've got in touch with a mediator. Yeah. Um, but I'm just wondering where I would stand if it did go to court. He's moving away, is he? Or is it you? He's, he's moved three hours away. Yeah. Me and the children. Yeah, so I think it's totally inappropriate if he chooses to move three hours away for him to then say that you do the that, that journey. That that seems a lot, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I would either be sharing it, and that's probably what the court would say, sharing it, or ultimately he does it. Is there a reason why he moved three hours away? Was it for work, for example? Um, well, he's given up his job. That's that's another issue. Um, he's given up his job and moved to where his dad lives because apparently he can't afford to rent around here anymore. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the, the court's always going to um, do what's in the best interest of the children and they're going to be suggesting that you guys share the travel. If not, you know, because you might say, well, I can't afford to do it. Maybe you don't drive, or if you do drive, you simply can't afford that additional fuel costs. So then the court might then ask Dad to do it, given that he was the one that chose to move away, or you do it and Dad reimburse you financially. But the, the, there will be some sort of resolve. Okay. But for you to do it all, I think, that, that's, that's a little bit rich, if I'm honest. Yeah. Well, that was my argument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus doesn't listen. Yeah. Well, and, and you made a comment then as well. He said, well, if, if you want him to see the children, this isn't really about you wanting him to see it. You know, he, either he wants to see his children or he doesn't. Um, and the children may or may not want to see him. But this isn't anything to do with you. He chose to move away. And if he wants a relationship with the children, he's going to have to come to the party, really. 
you know, so. <clears throat> All right. Oh, Great. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Um, glittery troll, you are next on the list. Hello, can you hear me? I can. Yeah. What's your question? Okay, so I haven't had contact with my son's dad for six years. He has had no contact with um, my son either. Um, with the only sort of contact we've sort of had in a way is via CSI. Um, I'd made CSI aware that there was financial abuse in the relationship. Yeah. Um, and I saying that he's requested to go to direct pay because he's made six consecutive payments via collect and pay. Um, I explained again, you know, there was financial abuse. I don't feel comfortable. I haven't had contact with him for six years. Um, obviously, under GDPR, they can't disclose my bank details, so how is he going to obtain them? Um, and they basically just said that, you know, it was that or nothing. And then today I had a phone call off an unknown number um, claiming to be one of his family members saying that he's spoken to social services and they've said that I need to allow him to have contact no contact, no payment. Um, however, last year, his two other daughters that he'd had after my son with someone else was um, adopted via social services. Okay. So like, where do I stand with, with all of it? Well, what I mean, I can't help you with the with the maintenance question because um, obviously yeah. that, that stays with them. But what's, what's your question? Do you, do you allow the child to have contact is what you're saying? Is that what you're asking me? Well, he, he's saying, well, he's, his family members saying that social services have told him I have to allow um, contact, but wouldn't give me anybody's name that they'd spoken to at social. Okay, so you don't, you don't have to do anything. That's the first thing I would say. What the law says is that it's the child's right to have a relationship with both parents. Okay, that's the first yeah. thing. So that it's the child's right to see their father. However, if you feel that there are safeguarding concerns, then you have to protect the child above the child having a relationship with that parent. So yeah. if, if you think there are concerns because he's already had one child removed and placed up for adoption, then you can say a flat no to contact. That will then okay. force dad to make a C100 application. And when you then get to court, you can explain your fears and concerns. And the court okay. will then probably put Kafkas on the case to investigate. So that's sort of the, the series of events, shall we say. Okay, so do I just wait for him to sort of make his next move or do I be preemptive? Well, you, yeah, I mean, he's the one that needs to make the application because the child's already okay. with you. I think the first question you need to ask yourself is, is the, are the allegations that you're hearing true? Because obviously you haven't had any contact with him. Um, and if yeah. they are, are they so severe that you really don't want to allow contact to take place? So that, that's the first okay. question, I think. And then, of course, if the okay. answer to all of that is yes, then you would just say to him, no contact. Okay, cool. Thank you. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Um, T369, you are next up. Can you hear me? I can, yeah. What's your question? Okay, so basically, uh, me and my ex, uh, well, me and the mother of my child split up at the end of 2019, New Year's Eve. Yeah. And uh, we've got a joint tenancy agreement, like uh, a two bedroom property in West Sussex. And uh, I left the property. Um, we have a child, um, but she's got another child. Um, my son is six years old, and there's an SGO order, and he's actually with his granddad. 
and uh, I can't take, I haven't took my name off the tenancy because then I would be basically making myself potentially homeless. Yeah, but that's right. To get my child back, um, yeah. I would need to have suitable living conditions, which yeah. I haven't had because I left the property that we were sharing. Yeah. I recently found out that she hasn't been paying any of the rent or like the council tax and she's up like quite a few grand. And I was wondering, is there anything I could do to retain, to get back inside the property so that I can actually get my son back? So how does, I don't understand the link, sorry T, between you getting back into the house and then having, getting your son back. I don't understand that link. Because when I I left the property in 2019 and she was still in care of my son and her second child. um, Yes. She paid me while we was living in the property. Um, But then she lost custody of both children. Oh, I see, sorry. Yeah. Okay, no, I, I understand. Um, okay. You, you, well, yes. I mean, if your name is still on the tenancy, I think you probably need to sort that out first. Um, she clearly well, can't. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to that housing officer. Yeah. I've got a, a copy of my tenancy agreement, and my name is still. I'm, I'm the first name, and we only got the property because my mum lives in West Sussex, so got the you. was there for us to get a property down. Yeah. So I think that yeah, that's the first thing. She, she clearly can't afford to live there. Of you know, if she's getting into all this debt. Sort that out first. Um, since when the child was taken off her tea, because this is a completely separate issue, you see, it won't even be the same courts that will deal with this. If it's a, a housing association issue and then a child contact issue, it's two different problems, if you like. So we have to treat them separately. Since the child was taken from mum, have you had any contact with the child? Yes, I've, I've, had, I've always had contact. Okay, with, um, okay. So that puts you that puts you in a really strong position um, to then go on and perhaps be considered as a resident parent. Um, but yeah, get get the property sorted first. And then I suppose your question of me would be, how likely are you to be able to move back into the property? I think the strength of your argument would need to lie in the fact that she can't afford to stay there, but you can. And ultimately, if she continues down this path, she might get thrown out and then both of you are homeless. So, I, yeah, yeah, I think... Yeah, that's obviously not the way forward. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, remain, like, the, with the SGO order, like, with the yeah. granddad and that, it, like, how would I basically try and overturn that? Just so that my, my living conditions are different and stable for my son to Yeah, the first thing I would say, T, is that they are really difficult to overturn. For those of you that are listening, an SGO is a special guardianship order, okay? So the granddad has an SGO of the child, and therefore his granddad now has parental responsibility, and that outranks the parent's parental responsibility. Um, they're really difficult to overturn because the court don't make them lightly. You're, you're going to have to be in it for the long game, and I'm talking, you know, two, maybe three years you're going to have to make your court application. There'll be assessments, there'll be interviews, there'll be all sorts. And there'll be times where you want to throw the towel in. You've just got to keep going. But ultimately, because what the court want to be sure is that you are consistently able to look after the child. You know, many parents can turn it around for a couple of months and then fall off the wagon again. I'm not saying that you're, you're yeah, an alcoholic, T, but do you know what I mean? Um, I just What I mean by that is that you've got to be consistently showing that you are and can be a responsible parent. So it can be done, but you, you've got to be in it for the long haul. 
and because he has the, the SGO, is is it is it under his discretion when and where? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're talking about you just having contact and maybe overnight contact, absolutely, the granddad has complete control of that. Um, but if you're talking about maybe having the SGO discharged, you're going to have to go back to court to do that. And then the okay. judge will decide and not the granddad. Okay, then. Thank you so much. You're welcome. This. All right. Thanks, T. Bye-bye. Lintu, you are next. Let me just take you off mute. What's your question? Hey, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Um, so I have a court with my ex-husband yeah uh, and I've had that for about eight years it's just where he says he has um, every third Sunday he has him for eight hours um, but we've never really followed it for about five years because he's always had extra contact during school holidays and different things like that he lives down in Essex now and I live in Middlesbrough so we're quite far away um, but this year he's he hasn't seen the kids at all he's just sort of stopped contact and i've been emailing him asking him if he's gonna have contacts like on like what the order says just because i didn't want to see like i was breaching it but then i got a, a letter from him a solicitor's letter saying that he wants to have he wants to change the order and he wants all this contact and half the school holidays every other christmas and all that so I didn't, I can't afford a solicitor, so I sent a letter back to his solicitor saying, that's fine, um, yeah, he can have all of that, what he wants. But he wanted me to do half the travelling as well, but I'm not in the financial situation where I would be able to do half the travelling. Um, because he's dropped my CSA from £500 a month down to £10 a week in this year as well. Um, but So I sent a letter back saying, that's fine, he can have all that, but... I've just had an email um, last week of, of the solicitor with like a court date saying he's taking me to court for breach of the order. Um, um, but I was just wondering, do, where do I stand with, because I haven't had no letters about a court date or anything. I've just had this email of the solicitor with like screenshots of like these court letters in. Yeah. Should I be getting like a letter through the post about this court date yeah you will the court will have to um serve you with the application so you might get that through the post or you might get it via email it depends on the contact details that his solicitors put down on the original application form um but don't don't be don't be concerned by that you know if contact isn't going ahead then yes technically it's it's a breach and if he says well she's breaching it because she won't deliver the children for contact your defence to that is, I can't afford to. You know, we live so far away. My, unfortunately, my monthly income has been reduced because of, you know, CMS payments or whatever the reason is, and I just can't afford yeah. to. So don't, don't, don't be panicked or worried by it at all. Yes, I'm just worried that if you take when we go to court, that it's, they're going to say that I have to do like half the travelling. See, I have no issues with him seeing shit children like for the past eight years i've asked him if he wants them like every christmas and he's never wanted them like and different things like and i have been emailing him every month saying because the the court order we have at the minute he is actually meant to come up here to pick the children up that's what the court order says yeah um so i've been emailing him every month um the week before saying will you be there to pick up the children he just says no i won't be in the email so i think well at least i've got that to show the court but i'm 
uh, if I go to the court, I'm not going to get a solicitor. So how do I go about representing myself? Do I need to take anything to the court beforehand or...? No, I mean, you'll you'll just be asked at the first hearing what's going on and and why is the order being breached and you'll explain it to them. Um, And then you'll most likely both be asked to do a statement um, and write a statement up and send that in. Um, And then you'll just go back to court again and, and the court will potentially help you guys to, you know, come to some sort of resolve because the children need to be seeing both of you, obviously. But yeah. it, you know, I said about doing mediation, but he said he wouldn't do the mediation. He solicited right back saying he'll only do the mediation if I pay for his mediation as well. Yeah, so I think the answer to him doing mediation then is no. Um, he wants yeah. to go straight to court, and that's fine. As I say, don't be intimidated by it. You'll be able to represent yourself initially. If things get a little bit, you know, um, hairy and it gets a little bit complex, then obviously you can come back here or you can email me privately. Um, but yeah, yeah, just just go along and represent yourself initially. Well, that's what I thought because I'm not I'm not really like arguing about any safety issues, and I'm not arguing about what he's asking for. He can yeah. ask, like, the only issue I had was like the travelling halfway because I have limited use of a car anyway, and obviously the financial things. And he's the one who did move away, but yeah. Uh, Marsula, you're up next. What's your question? Hi, good afternoon or good evening. Hello. Um, I don't really have any concerns. Uh, I just want to say two things. First, I really thank you for uh, giving us your time and your understanding of the law. It's very educating as an American. I don't know too much about um, what goes on across the pond. But I do have a question for you. Okay. Um, Now, I'm I'm sure you've dealt with a lot of people types of cases what is and if you're allowed to say like the worst that you've ever heard in all history of you like giving advice just hearing people out you mean what's the worst case the one that that i've done myself yeah, yeah. Really, anyway, anything. I think the one that sticks in my mind, because as a mother, I couldn't understand how another mother could make this decision. So I represented a mum, and I'm going back some years now. And the mum decided to get into a relationship with somebody who was on the um, the sex register, so the sex offenders register. And um, as a result, social services got involved and she had a little girl. Uh, the little girl wasn't the uh, offender's daughter. Um, and social services were trying to get mum to finish the relationship. And... It went on and on and on and on and eventually mum came to me and she was now fighting to keep her daughter and all mum had to do was end the relationship with the registered offender and she wouldn't. And I was convinced and I ran this case for about 18 months and I was convinced that eventually mum would see sense and we went all the way to a final hearing. And it was so difficult because I represented mum at that final hearing and I had to stand up and tell the court that she wasn't going to end the relationship. And the judge was just looking at me really steely eyed as if to say, are you sure, Miss Maloney? Are you absolutely sure? Because effectively what mum was saying is I will sign my daughter away then. And she did. She signed her daughter away. And I've never forgotten it. And to this day, I often think about that little girl who would now be, you know, well into her 20s and how she would feel about that and what happened to mum and the the sex offender. Anyway, we came out of court. 
Um, and of course, I have to respect my client's decision. And I'd had a chat with social services. And then I was walking out of court with mom. And she said to me, I'll have to keep your number. And I said, oh, why, what, why, why is that? What's going on? And she said, because I'm pregnant. Only now she was pregnant with the sex offenders baby. And I said to her, that child will also be removed from you. It will be, you know, placed on the um, child protection. Um, and once it's born, it'll be removed from you. And she said, well, I want to fight it again. Yeah, so there you go. Good question. Thank you for that. Yeah, this is crazy. I, I just really want to thank you again for just taking your time and educating oh. us. Um, the, the man in your profile picture, is that your son? Uh, Paddy, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Lord. no, hang on. In my, in my profile picture, I'm trying to think of the profile picture. Um, so Patrick was here earlier. He's gone now, but he was stood behind me. Tall, blonde-haired lad. Yeah, you British yeah. people are really good looking. Oh, I've never seen you. an ugly Brit before. You guys are attractive. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for that. Like you guys, they're so boring and ugly. <laughs> boring and ugly. That's what Americans are. Okay, thank you. You're sweet. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Um, that was a really good question, actually. No one's ever asked me about that before. So that was really interesting. Um, Abednego, 76, I've just sent you an invitation. What's your question? Thank you for taking my call. That's all right. Um, just a very quick one. My wife has been in and out of mental health um, institutions quite in the last 10 years. Yeah. I live in the family home and have brought up my three children. Yeah. She needs to go into supported living, but they're not able to, well, they're telling me that they won't give her any help, any support at all, because she's named on the mortgage. It's, there's no animosity. We're all good friends. We bring up the children together as much as we can. Is there any way I can legally remove her from the mortgage without paying her any money or selling the house? Um, are you married? Sorry, did we you? We are at the moment. Current, still currently, yes. Okay, but you're going through a divorce. Well, I've not started it yet. I'm just we we we. I've literally just been supporting as as a when she's been in she's been in hospitals for many years. Yeah. So we've never actually divorced or gone yeah. through that procedure. So, but so the fact is they're saying that as she's named on the mortgage, we yeah. would have to pay privately for any clinical care in the community or yes. supported living. Yeah. And what they're saying is it's because she's named on the mortgage. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, ultimately, the, the two things aren't related because you're asking me about having her sign away any assets that she has, which I totally understand yeah. why. But when it comes to making a financial order in those terms, the court would see that as unfair and unreasonable. And if we were to explain right. to the court that the reason we're doing it is so that we don't have to pay privately, the court won't make an order in that regard. So the, the correct position is that she will take what she's financially entitled to as part of the divorce yeah. or the financial settlement. And then, of course, that will be eaten up, depending on how much that is, that will be eaten up then in, in care fees. In a private care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, okay, when so that's no, gone... No, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So there's no way of doing it with, in a way that then protects my children and their... Well, the only anyway, way... the only I'd way to find somewhere else to live. I wouldn't be able to afford to stay living here. Yeah, so. the only way to do it would be for her to sign everything over to you, but not as part of a divorce, just, just to sign it all away. I mean, she can do what she wants in that regard, 
We just wouldn't be able to get a financial... legal order that says she has no hold and to come off the mortgage? No, it, right? it wouldn't be a legal order. She would simply sign right. the property over to you. So in terms of a conveyancing solicitor altering the record at Land Registry, it would just be signed over to you. But it wouldn't be by order of the court. It would just be that, you know, she signs away her legal and beneficial interest to yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, and that, oh, right, okay, and that doesn't... Yeah, so she could do that if she wants to. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, that's all fine. Right. I'll go back to her and have a chat with her about that. Thank you very okay. so much. That's very helpful. That's all right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. Um, I've just realised that guy was asking me about my profile picture and I was a bit concerned. Because my laptop's playing up, I'm on Paddy's. So someone on TikTok has just said it's because I've got Paddy's profile up, uh, which is quite right, I have. I'm going to do some videos and, and I'm going to do them um, slightly longer and I'm going to take you through in detail how to do these forms. Um, so for children's applications and for financial applications. And what I've decided is I'm going to have like position statements and witness statements. And I'm going to have some Mickey Mouse ones, obviously, with, you know, fake names and addresses in. Because I think that might be really useful. Um, not tailored to everybody and they certainly won't be out on TikTok because they're just going to be too long. I'd need a good sort of 45 minutes. Um, so look out for that. Paddy will start to advertise that soon. We haven't done them yet. Um, we're, we're planning on doing them shortly. Um, we're going to have a whole day of filming and put them together for you guys. But look out for them. Um, okay, so that's a wrap. We're just after six. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining me on both TikTok and in the lounge on Discord. Apologies to all of you guys still with your hand up. There's still eight of you there with your hand up. I'm so sorry. Um, but come back tomorrow. I'm back here again at five o'clock tomorrow, um, five till six, and we'll answer some more of your questions um, around family law. Until then, stay safe. Um, and hopefully I'll get my laptop sorted. Hopefully Paddy will do that for me when he gets back from golf. All right, guys, take care and I will speak to you all again tomorrow. Bye.